0: It's good to see everybody, and I'm just going to jump right into, uh, we, we've started a uh, series last week. Oh, by the way, yes, Children's Church started. i got to get back in the swing of Children's Church being here, all right? So uh, Miss Cindy is going to take our kids, uh, so if you have kids for Children's Church, just send them on that way, and Miss Cindy will take them back, and they'll have a wonderful time together. Any other kids? Here comes some more. Awesome. Give our children's workers a big hand for uh, all the sacrifices they make. Our ladies in the nursery, just uh, awesome. We've been talking, I started a series on uh, really marriage and relationships and families and uh, because I felt like so many were struggling now. If you were not struggling before COVID-19, you probably spent so much time with your family that you are struggling, uh, spending so much time together. it's It's been wonderful in some aspects that we've, We've kind of been together with families, kind of forced us into spending time more time together than normal. Uh, but then after a while, uh, after a few months, uh, we can start to get on each other's nerves. Amen. And so some some people are struggling in their marriages. Some people are struggling in their families. Uh, so, um, but I think everybody needs this. Anybody in here got the perfect marriage? You raise your hand. You're gonna be, you're gonna teach a seminar next week if you raise your hand. Oh, oh Julie, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, all right. She is lying. <laughs> and I'll let you guess whether she's lying on my end or her end, amen? Probably on both ends, because there's no such thing as a perfect marriage, amen? Anybody here got a perfect family? Hey, amen, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, nobody has a perfect family. Many people, there's a, a word we use today called, here's the word, dysfunctional. Anybody heard that word? That word gets thrown around a lot today. Can I tell you this? Everybody in this room is dysfunctional to some degree. Amen. Now, some of you may be more dysfunctional than others, but guess what? We are all dysfunctional to some degree. Amen. So, uh, what I want to share with you today are some things on how to have the best in your marriage, how to have the best in your relationships, how to have the best in your family. All right. Now, today, last week was uh, kind of just a, a, an intro Uh, This week's going to be a little bit tougher because it talks about how we need to be, as a husband and wife and as a family, we need to be on mission together. And all that really means is, uh, I can use the terminology, we need to all be on the same page. Does everybody know what I'm talking about when I say we all need to be on the same page? So husband and wife, in order for your uh, family to run as smoothly as it can, you need to all be on the same page, amen? In order for a, a marriage to be as strong as it can, uh, you need to all be on the same page. And you may say today, well, I'm not married. This doesn't apply to me. Listen, this can apply to every single relationship. And if you're not married, if you're too young to be married, guess what? One day you will be. And so we need to understand that uh, you can. everybody can use this to some degree, no matter what your situation, all right? Uh, So I'm just going to dive right in, being mission-driven. The foundation of a godly marriage isn't happiness, it is unity. That may be a shocker to some people. Some people think, well, I'm supposed to get married and I'm supposed to live, what is it? Happily ever after, amen? But, you know, really nowhere can you find that in God's Word. God's not near as concerned with your happiness as we think He is. Uh, Now, does God love us? Are we His children? Yes. Does He love to give good gifts to His children? Sure He does. But guess what? God has one preeminent uh, goal over everything, and that, that is that his name would be high and lifted up and that his name would be glorified. Amen. And so your comfort, your happiness doesn't necessarily uh, play into that near as much as we'd like to think it does. Uh, I hear many people say, well, I'm going to divorce my spouse because I'm not happy and surely god would want me to be happy no god wants you to honor him a whole lot more than he's interested in whether you're happy or comfortable Uh, many times we're not happy because we're not pulling up our end of the bargain we're not doing the things that we need to do in the marriage and the relationship and so uh you know i've counseled a lot of people in marriage counseling and uh, everybody wants to fix each other and guess what the bad news is you cannot fix another person the only person you can really work on and fix is you, Amen. And so uh, we're we're going to talk about that today. Let's uh, we kind of started in Genesis last week, so we'll start there again. That's where all this man and woman stuff started. So let's go back to Genesis chapter one, uh, verses uh, twenty seven and twenty eight. Go ahead and throw that up there if you would. It says this: So God created man in His own image, in the image of God He created him, male and female He created them then god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth Uh, there is a, a a mission kind of a mission now everybody's mission may be a little bit different in here according to your marriage but guess what there are some things that every marriage should be about and should be on mission So I'm going to give you your mission. This is like Mission Impossible, all right? Should you choose to accept this mission, here it is, all right? Uh, Your mission, according to these verses, is to multiply, expand, conquer, and create, all right? God put man and woman, and you remember what happened with man and woman? They ate of the fruit they weren't supposed to, and then part of the punishment for that was what? It was twofold. For the woman, it was what? Childbirth. She must have childbirth, all right? So, in other words, in order to procreate and multiply, she had to have the pain of childbirth. Anybody remember what it was for the man? The man had to go to work, amen, and he had to toil, and he had to till the soil in in order to be fed, all right? So, guess what? Starting from the very first man and woman, uh, some things were set aside. We must work. We must provide for our families. Part of your mission was to procreate and multiply. And then it was to uh, to and then it was to have dominion over everything else on the earth. All right. So guess what? God has given us a lot of responsibility, but uh, to whom much is uh, given, much is required. Amen. And so that's part of our mission here. Is uh, God puts you and part of the mission of your marriage is for you to uh, to bring glory to God and to uh, to procreate to multiply, to have families. The Bible says that children are a blessing from God. Now, some days that seems true. Other days, it seems more like a curse from God. Uh, but guess what? It is a huge responsibility. Those of you that are moms, I've told you this before, especially if you're a stay-at-home mom, there. a lot of people in today's society, it's kind of almost a shameful thing if you're a stay-at-home mom. Listen, there is no greater Uh, Job that you will have than to be a mother and to raise those children and to try and raise godly young men and godly young women Amen, that is a great responsibility Uh, My wife did that she she worked up until we had Matthew uh, And then she took the next I guess about 20 years uh, to be a stay-at-home mom and raise those kids and that was her mission uh, for those 20 years, amen, until we got those kids grown, all right? And so uh, she did that, and I can't think of a greater job, and she did an awesome job, amen. All of our kids are are wonderful, and I give her full credit for that, all right? Uh, all right, let's look at the next scripture, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It says this, you many have heard this, and many probably said this in your wedding vows. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become what? they shall become what? One flesh. So unity, this whole idea of unity, mom, dad, husband, wife, you need to be on the same page. Now, does that mean you're to be exactly alike? No, but you need to be on the same page. Um, Have you ever seen families that really struggle when it comes to raising kids and mom and dad can't agree on how to raise kids? It causes a lot of tension in the home, doesn't it? And usually there's one that wants to be a lot more strict, one that wants to be a lot more lenient. Now, how do you find the solution? Like most things in marriage, it is a compromise. There's not a right or a wrong. It's like I said last week. Most marriage counseling, it's, well, you need to fix him and you need to fix her, and that ain't happening. It's not even, Most of your arguments aren't even about right or wrong issues. There's about you're wired one way and you have one way that you see it. You're wired another way, and there's a, you see it a different way. It's not a right or a wrong. It's just I see it this way, you see it that way. All right? So guess what? In raising kids, this can come up and be a problem because one wants to be more strict, one wants to be more lenient. What a mom and dad need to do? Act like adults. Sit down and have an adult conversation. Don't act like children. Call each other names. Say your way is stupid and my way is the right way. That ain't the way to argue. Amen? We talked last week about you've got to learn... Uh, Success in a great marriage has more to do with learning how to fight than it does with how to getting along. Learn how to disagree. And so sit down like adults, not like children, and say let's have an adult conversation. We need to come to a compromise and we need to be on the same page when it comes to discipline for our kids and raising our kids and what's going to happen in our home. Amen? It goes a lot smoother. Amen, Mom and Dad? When Mom and Dad get on the same page with each other, things go a lot smoother, all right? And that's raising kids. That's, uh, that goes for everything. Uh, if you are not on the same page spiritually, that's a major problem, isn't it? The Bible talks about being unequally yoked. And many times we just think that just means, well, as long as they're a believer, I can marry them. That's not necessarily true. It means you need to be very selective about who's going to be your spouse because that person needs to be on the same page spiritually as you. If you're way up here, and you're, the person you're thinking of marrying is way down here, and they're just a spiritual baby, there's going to be problems. You need to find somebody who is on the same level, and you need to be equally yoked, not unequally yoked. Amen? All right. So what God seeks to unite, Satan uh, schemes to divide. All right? Again, I quoted John 10.10 10 last week. It's the, the enemy comes to steal Kill and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your marriage, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy your family, all right? So there needs to be unity in the family. Uh, I, I cannot reiterate enough times during this sermon, there's got to be unity in the family, all right? Mom and dad, especially, you've got to be on the same page. Is it important to have the kids? On the same page I'm going to use Martin and Amanda because they're sitting down here on front and I get to pick on people who are down front but you know you look at their family and it's awesome uh, you know you've got Katie Grace you've got Mackenzie, and you look at them and you see your children become a reflection of you and I believe your children become a reflection of what's going on in the home and can I say a reflection of your your girls y'all are doing an awesome job amen are they perfect no but they're doing an awesome job amen and so But I think they would agree with me that it's huge to get everybody's got to be on the same page. Number one, Martin and Amanda had to get on the same page about how to raise these girls. And then as the girls got older, they had to get the girls on the same page to say, this is what our home is about. We love God. We serve God. We honor God. It is not an option. Uh, Going to church is not an option. Serving the Lord is not an option. And we are, this is what our home, as for me and my house, you remember that? We will serve the Lord. Amen. So I say thumbs up. Good job to Martin and Amanda. Amen. Uh, so that's, that's what we need to strive for, though. That's what all of us in this need to strive for is a marriage that is united and brings glory to God and a family uh, that brings uh, glory to God. All right. So um, let's look at uh, there's a, a scripture in Amos. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Um, And it says this, can two walk together unless they are agreed, okay? So what is division? If you have division in your marriage or division in your home or division in your family, what is division? Division simply means two different visions. And the Bible also says, you remember the verse that talks about, uh, and I think it's the next scripture there, uh, go to Proverbs. Uh, It says, where there is no revelation or where there is no vision, The people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. And uh, in the Living Translation, it says, uh, For where there is no vision, the people will perish. Amen. For where there is no vision, uh, you have to have the same vision. Mom, dad, husband, wife, you have to have the same vision. And if you don't have the same vision, then it creates a division in your home. All right. All right. One of the greatest tragedies in marriage is when two people are together together but not united do you know any people don't raise your hand don't I just want you to think in your mind do you know any marriages where two people live in the same house but they're not there's not a lot of unity there unfortunately I know a lot of marriages like that I know a lot of families like that where the people live together it's almost like they're roommates but they're not much more than roommates they live in the same house But they don't share the same vision. They don't even share the same values many times. And so this is why I tell you, husbands, wives, have a date night. You have got to develop your relationship with your spouse. It doesn't happen accidentally. You've got to keep that going. Even while you're raising those kids, I know it's hard while you're raising kids, but you've got to keep a date night. You've got to keep that, the fires burning uh, between uh, husband and wife. Otherwise, those kids are going to grow up. They're going to move out in their 20s, uh, you know, or 18 to 20s, and uh, you and your wife are going to look at each other and go, who are you? I don't even know you. And so uh, you've got to keep that maintained, all right? Uh, let's see here. There is a, a couple in the Bible that you may not have heard of, you may have heard of, but uh, their names are Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, Romans 16, chapter 16, verses 3 through 5, it talks about them, all right? It says this Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked at their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all of the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house, greet my beloved Epinetus. Who is the first fruits of a to Christ? Now, this couple is mentioned six times in the Bible, only mentioned six times. But here's the cool thing about this couple: they're never mentioned apart. Every time they're mentioned, all six times they're mentioned, they are mentioned together as husband and wife. Uh, you don't see one without the other, and uh, it's obvious that they did things together. Uh, and it says this: um, it says that they. Uh, go back uh, to the first uh, verse, verse three there. It says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. And then it says this in the next verse, Who risked their own necks for my life. So Priscilla and Aquila had risked themselves uh, for the life of Paul. That's who's writing this letter. And it says, uh, Whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of Gentiles. And then in the next verse, it says this. They risked their lives. And then it also says that the how, the, the church that Paul started... It was in their house. So they were using their house as the church, all right? So here's a couple that's never mentioned apart. They're mentioned together, and they're mentioned of their great sacrifice by Paul. Not only to have church in their house, but also literally putting their necks on the line to keep Paul alive, okay? All right. So you may say, "Um, um, I'm not married. How does this apply to me? Uh, Maybe you're single. Let me speak to the single people for just a second. If you want a God-glorifying, mission-driven marriage in the future, then you need to live a God-glorifying, mission-driven life today. You have to be, you can't go looking for a godly person when you're not living a godly life. It doesn't work that way, amen? You have to strive to be the person you're looking for. I know lots of people who are living a hellacious life, but they're looking for that little godly wife or that godly husband, and it doesn't work that way. You have to be what you're trying to attract. Adults, can you testify to that? If you're going to attract a godly person, then guess what? You need to get get yourself in gear, and you need to be the godly person. You you will only attract what you're living yourself. So single people, this stuff where you say, well, I'm going to just live like I want to live right now, And then when I get married, I'll I'll start living for God. It don't work that way. You start living for God now if you're seeking a godly person. Now, if you want somebody who's just going to live for the world and go out and do all the things of the world, then go for it. Just go uh, go look for love in all the wrong places, as the song says. Amen. But uh, be what you're trying to be. All right? So what should be your mission? Raising godly kids. Uh, Don't deceive yourself. Everybody in this... uh, In this room, you are serving something. Your marriage is serving something. You may be serving sports. Uh, I know people who used to go to church all the time, and now their kids play select ball because they got this dream of their kid getting a a college scholarship or something later on, and that's a very small percentage. But they spend every weekend going out of town because their kid's playing select baseball or maybe their girl's playing select volleyball. And uh, we used to go to church, but now every weekend we got to go to Dallas to go play ball games. I know a lot of people like that. And uh, that's unfortunate. What what message are you sending to your kids with that? God's expendable. You know? And w- what are you telling your kids is more important than God? You're telling them that sport is more important than God. So don't deceive yourself. Your kids are a lot smarter than you give them credit for. They're watching what you do more than they're hearing what you're saying. All right? Uh, are you serving God in church? Do you go to church? Well, yeah. Uh, I go to church all the time, Christmas and Easter. Uh, is that Is that your home? Do you go to church? Are you a regular attender of church? I mean, can you even get here twice a month? you know that 's considered regular these days. Can you even get here two Sundays out of four but here 's the thing people church and living for God and serving in the church is not a priority in people 's lives anymore that 's why many many churches are dying uh, because people are not stepping up to the plate. Can I say this, brother Brother Ken celebrated his 90th birthday yesterday. Give us away, Brother Ken. Amen. I want everybody, anybody older than Brother Ken? Is Brother Ken got it at 90? All right. I want, let's do this. Everybody 70 to 90, raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. It's a good thing. Amen. Everybody 70 to 90, raise your hand. Now I want the rest of you to look. Keep your hand raised. Everybody else look. All those people right there, I can guarantee you, they do a ton of work in the church. They do a ton of the giving. And guess what? I don't mean to be morbid or anything, but guess what? Everybody in this room, it's 100% guaranteed, everybody in this room is going to die. And guess what? These folks who do a lot of the work and do a lot of the giving, 10 years, 15 years down the road, they won't be here. And guess what? Somebody has to be there to step up and take their place. But you know what? The way we're doing church now and the way people are living their lives now, it ain't going to be there. And what will happen? Well, what do you think will happen? That more churches will die, more churches will close their doors because people are just like, I love God, but I can't serve, I can't give, I can't do any of that. Well, guess what? That's the only way the church survives. Uh, And where there is no vision, the people will perish. The churches will perish. Amen? All right. Um, So... Two things that unite. I'm going to throw this up there, and then I'll be done. Um, You need a common enemy in your marriage as uh, spouses and a common mission, all right? You may say a common enemy. So ask two questions. What do you both love and what do you both hate? Because you both need to serve together. Let me give you this. Uh, Put the next thing up there. If you love kids and uh, you hate that many kids don't have families, then guess what? Maybe God is calling you to be a foster family or to adopt, there are so many kids that are in the foster system or that need to be adopted that don't have a family. And somebody has got to step up to give those, try to give those kids a godly home so maybe that's maybe that's your mission in your family I know I know a family that that's their mission and they had three biological kids and they have fostered and ended up adopting three other kids and that kind of became their family mission and it's awesome they gave those three kids a godly home to be raised in that they would never have had and they've made that their family mission all right maybe that's yours all right or maybe you both love being financially free Uh, and maybe you both hate debt and maybe y'all were in financial trouble at one point, and God got a hold of you, and you did the Financial Peace University, the Dave Ramsey thing, or whatever you did, and you got financially out of debt, and you said, you know, now we can serve God, and we can use our money the way God intended, because we are financially free. Maybe God's calling you to teach a financial peace, financial freedom course, and to teach others how to do that. I find most people want to be more generous But we, unfortunately, have made bad decisions and put ourselves in positions where we can't be more generous. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Maybe you love cooking and make meals. Maybe that's something y'all do together. Now, normally there's one that hates cooking and another one loves cooking in the deal. Uh, But if you both love it, then maybe God's calling you to make meals. Uh, We have people all the time that are going through sickness, and the church tries to provide meals for those people. That could be your ministry to say, you know what, we'll make meals to take. To to folks that got out of the hospital or to folks that are are struggling, okay? Um, So unity doesn't mean that you're exactly the same. Unity just means that you are together. Um, Don't just share an address together. Share a life together. Do you hear that every marriage in this room? Don't just share an address. I know many people that share an address together, and they're nothing more than roommates, glorified roommates. Listen. You and the spouse need to be on the same page. You need to be serving together. You need it. Last week, your homework, you remember, was to pray together. You need to be praying together. You need to be on the same page, all right? And so pray together. See what you can do to serve together. Don't just be roommates. Be husband and wife, all right? So uh, here's the last thing. Put up a little chart here. Don't be and do be. Do be. Do be, do be, do be. Do be. The doobie brothers, all right? So there's some things to don't be, and there's some things to do be, all right? Don't be driven by your problems. Most people, most marriages I know, it's like people are just trying to survive. I'm just trying to survive without killing this other person. And they are driven by their problems. Most marriages I know are moving from one problem to the next problem to the next problem to the next problem that's bad don't live life that way all right don't be driven by your problems do be driven by purpose you both need to have a purpose in your marriage and you both need to have that purpose together and be unified all right don't be focused on your wants most people what do you have to do to live a selfish life absolutely nothing amen did you know we we were born with a sinful nature we were born with a selfish nature if you want to be selfish Just go out there and be normal, all right? Because it's very natural to think about yourself and only want what you want, all right? Uh, If you don't believe me, just bring the question that always comes up in the families, where do y'all want to eat? Guess what? I don't want to eat where you want to eat. I want to eat where I want to eat. And if I'm craving something, that's where I want to go, amen? Now, most of the time, the dads have to end up being the guy to say, Y'all pick it. I'll go anywhere. Amen. Dads, we're the non-confrontational. We're just trying to keep the peace, all right? But focus on your wants. If it's all about what you want, you'll never be happy. Can I say this, and I mean this in the greatest, best way I can. Whatever you make, it ain't never going to be enough. Whatever house you live in, it ain't never going to be enough. Whatever car you drive, it ain't never going to be enough. If you spend your life just chasing after stuff, it ain't never going to be enough. So don't get focused on your wants. Do be focused on what God wants. Amen. All right. And then the last one, don't be pursuing your own desires, and that kind of goes along in the same line, but do be pursuing his destiny. God has a purpose for your marriage, and he has a purpose for your family, and uh, it is to, uh, to bring glory and honor to God. Amen. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I want to give you an opportunity uh, for a couple things here if if you're not sure where you were to go if you were to die right now if you're not sure where you would spend eternity I want to give you an opportunity to know the Lord Jesus Christ the Bible says that he is as close as a prayer away and uh, he is just waiting for you to call on his name for those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved amen so if that's you this morning and you're not sure of where you would go right now if you were to die right this very moment, I want you to pray this prayer. If this is you and you say, Mark, I'm not, I'm, I've, I know I've probably been saved, but I just need to nail it down or I need to recommit myself to Christ, then you pray this prayer also. But pray this prayer in your heart if you would say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner, and I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, I want to give my life to you right now. So the best way I know how, I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and save me. Have you prayed that prayer today for the first time, or maybe it was a a recommitment? Would you just lift up a hand uh, so I can pray for you, anybody? Thank you. I want to ask you uh, if you would be brave enough to just come on down. Uh, Thank you, brother. It takes a lot of guts, amen. I want you to just stand right there, brother. Gabriel comes today, and he says, I need to pray that prayer. And I don't know if it's the first time or the second time or the hundredth time for Gabriel, but I appreciate his honesty and his bravery. Amen. Today. And I know you do, too. Now, the next thing I want to do is I want to ask you guys, how many of you would say, Brother Mark, we need to have a stronger marriage. Would you pray for me to be a better husband or a better wife or a better mother or a better father? Would you just lift up a hand? I think we could probably all say that. Amen. So I want to pray a prayer blessing over you. And uh, I just want Gabriel to stand here because I know many of you, uh, you want to pray for him. You want to encourage him today. And uh, so I want to pray over Gabriel as we close today. And I want to pray for all the marriages uh, in the room today. Amen. Father, I love you today. I thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you, Lord, that the gospel is strong and it never returns void. And so i thank you for gabriel this morning i thank you for his honesty and just saying uh, i'm not sure where i would go if i were to die so lord he just nailing it down today and just praying asking you into his heart and so lord i pray that the, he meant business with you we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that god you mean business with us so i thank you for him just praying that prayer today lord and lord that he is a saved individual now knows you and uh, lord uh, forgive forgiven of his sins and Lord, so thank you for him. I pray for every marriage in this room and every family in this room. God, would you move in an incredible way. Would you make us better husbands, better wives, better mothers, better fathers, Lord. Use this time. I pray that this message, even though, Lord, the messenger uh, messed it up many times, God, that you would use it to bring glory and honor. I pray that the video. We'd get into homes and marriages where it needs to be seen by people, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and to share worship together once again. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen.